Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the second of the doubleheader this weekend. It is our United States Grand Prix preview. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again. Only Chris and Shaker are along to preview the United States Grand Prix for this week. Tyler is, uh, what is he doing, women's, women's rugby tonight? rugby tonight, yes. Yes. It's currently raining fairly heavily, too, so I'm sure he's having a good time. Yeah, did you hear they're actually moving Halloween to Friday? Yeah. They've already done it in Quebec, and Ottawa is deciding... Oh, sorry, Montreal has already done it, and they're deciding in Ottawa if they're going to move it to Friday as well. That's crazy. How do you have jurisdiction over Halloween? Hey, man, when I was a kid, we went out in snowstorms. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, not, everybody's soft I'm nowadays. I'm not trying to say that, you know, kids these days are little, like, butterflies, but they guys, are. come on. You're, you're using a very nice we word went out for it. snowstorms. Like, jackets underneath our costumes, you know, like, just deal with it. Yeah, nowadays they got to cancel school and all this yeah, shit. Yeah, like, I just, I don't get it, man. This is not a rant for, for this, but I just reminded me of it for no. when you mentioned the rainstorm. Well, yeah, it is funny because you bring it up because I, I heard that they're expecting 50 millimeters of yeah. rain overnight or whatever it is. And then I saw that. I was like, they're going to move Halloween to Friday, which is November 1st. And I'm like, how do you, how do you move a holiday? I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's Quebec, though. They can do whatever they want. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know why, like, it has to be a move. Like, it's not like they would move Christmas. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess you stay inside during Christmas anyways. Like, let me think of another holiday where you go outside. There's nothing? There's nothing, actually. I guess that's the whole, I mean, like, Halloween's not really a holiday. It's just kind like, of more of a. What about Remembrance Day, you know, when they have all the festivities and stuff and everybody has to go outside for it? Right, yeah, I guess that's another I mean, one. That is also a bad example, I agree, but, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's the next one after. Not really a holiday. Either. Well, you can't move it, though. Yeah. It's The whole point is that it's on the 31st of October. Yeah, at 11 o'clock. Oh, sorry, you're still talking about Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had moved on. Yeah, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> but it would just be saying, well, let's move it 15 days up yeah. while it's sunny and nice still. Yeah, exactly. Put it in July. Yeah, so let's we, just have it in August and the kids can go out in the summer. Yeah, well, these kids, <laughs> they're they are brought up too easily. You can't hit your kids anymore. Yeah, it's true. They didn't grow up like we did. No, it's true. We were actually <laughs> just talking about that today at work. How, like, you know, I think we're one of the last generations to get, you know, beatings from our parents. I mean, not, not great, but, you know, just, <laughs> again, nothing against, no pros or cons against this argument i have nothing against it or nothing for it so no i hear you <laughs> very neutral about both of these <laughs> <laughs> anyways not what i decided to uh, or expected to be talking about uh, mm -hmm. in in our preview but uh yeah just it, it's interesting news and uh it'll kind of be like i'm sure some of the f1 drivers will maybe be doing some costume stuff at the press conference mm -hmm. and media day on thursday so that that should be interesting i think it's uh it's more of a north american thing i'm, I'm not yes, sure if they're doing it i believe it. so I mean, I, I believe it started in Mexico for Day of the Dead. Yeah. Um, but yes. I and then somebody was, had an idea to make money off of it. And, and, you know, you make candy and, yeah, everybody makes money. Yeah. yeah. So now it's commercialized. But I, I don't think it's that. The commercial aspect of it, I don't think, is as big as Europe or, or other parts of the world, like mm -hmm. South America. Like We just saw the, all the Day of the Dead uh, you know, costumes at the Mexican Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe let us know if you've got European viewers out there, some, uh, South American viewers, uh, yeah. what do you guys do? And usually for Halloween in your area, um, we were, we were trying to wear cowboy hats for this episode, but we couldn't get any. I had one any. set up and I just couldn't, like my buddy just never responded for me to pick it up. Like I had it already. I have multiple plaid shirts, which I was going to wear. <laughs> like I, I was good to go, you know? <laughs> 
Well, I wanted to get, uh, you know, because I, I don't know if they still do them, but on the podium, they would give out the cowboy hats that said Pirelli, one, oh, two, yeah. and three. Oh, that'd be pretty instead cool. Instead of the traditional hats, so that was cool, but... Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, we were trying to, I guess, Americanize this episode, and <laughs> didn't really work. No, no, unfortunately, we're too Canadian. Yeah, I think so. We'll keep <laughs> keep that identity for now. Um, but maybe we'll we'll try and get some for for, for sure. Our yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and reach out to my buddy again. So this is, uh, like I mentioned, the back-to-back uh, quick turnaround after Mexico and uh, heading to one of the fan favorite tracks on the calendar. I think in terms of the new tracks that have been added since you know, the last couple of years, it, it's the best one out of the new generation tracks. Mm-hmm. First race uh, coming in 2012. And the United States have obviously had kind of a up and down relationship with F1. We've seen, uh, you know, United States Grand Prix that have been on the calendar consistently, and then they drop off. Obviously, we had the big controversy in 2005 in Indianapolis, which since then left a sour taste in the mouth of American F1 fans, but has since made a pretty triumphant return. And when I was talking with Chris Medlin last week, he said that the race director over at the Circuit of the Americas said that they're expecting their highest attendance out of since the return wow. in uh, in 2012. A lot of that actually having to do with the Netflix series. Makes um, sense. Actually, I've, when we were at the Montreal Grand Prix, I met a few people that said they actually came to the Grand Prix because of the Netflix uh, series because it got kind of got them back into F1 or into F1. So. Yeah, for sure. It did it did a lot of service, I think, for people in, in this neck of the woods because it's not so popular and a lot of people are watching Netflix nowadays. Yeah, so. for sure. And it's it's weird. I've actually heard a lot of people bring up that bring up that series, you know, who are just racing fans, not just strictly F one fans or car sure. fans. So it's a, it's it's an interesting series and I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, same here. Uh, it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be even better than season one, and season one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're doing a lot of promotion this week in the U.S. Actually, currently, as we speak, we are recording this on Wednesday night. The F1 Hollywood Festival is going on down mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, and you're probably going to see some highlights of that uh, as you see it. And they're just doing some you know, show runs down uh, down there in L.A., which is pretty cool. And they've done a couple of these around the world, and I think that this is just kind of another step in trying to get that second race in the U.S. Yeah. And L.A.'s, I mean, it's a massive city, a lot of celebrities, a lot of famous people live there. Yeah. A lot of drivers like it. I saw Verstappen yeah, sure. was holidaying there a couple uh, months ago during the summer break. I mean, California is a, is a, not California, sorry, Texas is a great place to go as well. And as yeah. well as California, a great place to visit. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of stuff that I saw from F1, uh, F1 and, you know, teams that were posting on social media, like the one I saw today, I think they asked Daniel Ricardo, Valtteri Bottas, uh, Alex Albon and Max Verstappen. I like different, uh, you know, questions about movies, actors and such. Oh, like I that. saw that. Yeah. Like what, who would play them as an actor? I think I like Daniel Ricardo's response to who he would support, he w- who he would be the best to support in a supporting role. He's like, yeah, you know, like, uh, if you're supporting, you're being a supporting actor, the actor also has to be really great. Great. He has to be charming. He has to be good looking and a great actor. So most definitely Brad Pitt is who I would be supporting. And I'm like, (laughs) of course (laughs) he could do it himself. I think he could. He, I mean, I, I, I remember mentioning a few episodes back, probably more than a few now about him doing that. Mentioned more than a few, uh, episodes again, uh, before now uh of him doing that infinity commercial in montreal oh yeah, yeah. being employee of the yeah, month right yeah and you know that was pretty well done you know he was mostly playing a more um uh, oh my god i, uh, I want to say lewis hamilton version of himself but that's not <laughs> the right way to do it but yes that's that's kind of the right way to put it 
<laughs> but yeah, and uh, yeah, it was pretty well done. So, and the other one was not that I mentioned Lewis Hamilton is like who do you think would become would make a really good actor, or who would do it really well in Hollywood? And everyone responded with Lewis Hamilton. And then one person, I think it was Alex Albon, he's like, "We'll definitely see Lewis Hamilton as an actor after F one." <laughs> I, th- I think we will. And there's rumors floating around that uh, he's looking into getting to that side of things, and he's sort of really the only driver that has kind of gone into the mainstream in, mm. in not just sports media, but also other media as well over yeah. here. Because, you know, you're talking about your friends at work or my colleagues at work or your group of friends. They're probably not going to know the names of Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, for sure. Max Verstappen, let's say. They're not going to know those names. But Lewis Hamilton, you bring up and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, he's an F1 yeah. driver. Yeah, for and sure. And Lewis is kind of, uh, he's gotten into that world, uh, the fashion world, and he's got a lot of popular celebrity friends mm-hmm. so it brings a lot of attention to himself and then also the sport as well so he's kind of broken into that mold so i see that as i mean there were rumors remember last year that he did a rap album oh yeah i do remember that yeah and there was that one song i can't remember who the song was with that people were saying was him on the song but nobody could ever confirm it because it never got released yeah but um it you know is he was working i think with kanye west or something like that on a potential album Oh, he might have featured in God, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, it's going to be as good as his driving, though, so maybe you should stick uh, stick to that. Um, but it's cool, and we see a lot of, of famous people attending this race in, in Austin, Texas, and Austin's a pretty cool place from what For I sure. hear from everybody. Yeah. Um, so definitely definitely on uh, on the calendar of, of, of events or races that we, we want to go to. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and speaking of races in Miami, before we get into the Circuit of the Americas, we talked a little bit earlier in our previous episodes about the Miami Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and they had come to an initial agreement to have the race around Hard Rock Stadium, but the problem with Miami right now, they're facing a lot of hurdle, hurdles over a potential race, yeah. and there's a lot of issues with the city of Miami and basically the residents in that area. You know, as simple to explain it, they don't want a race in, in yeah. that area. Um, Miami has a lot going on, if you think about it, as a city on its own. in term, Not in just terms of sports, but just a lot of things in general. Huge port, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now with, with that takeover of, of Dolphin Stadium, I mentioned to Chris Medlin as well that they moved the tennis tournament over there too. Yeah. So it was another big event that, that came to that area. So they've got a lot of things going on, but the the residents and the locals in that area are pretty opposed to to a race mm-hmm. um, happening in the streets. And I think they they just passed some legislation that would not allow basically cars to to run as as a race in that area. Wow! So that's why they're they're facing these big obstacles. So it's still very much up in the air. The Miami Grand Prix, even though they reached an agreement, I think a couple of weeks ago, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no confirmation that it'll actually be on the calendar in 2021. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, I don't mind Circuit of, circuit of the Americas. Not a bad circuit. Um, yeah. Would it, would it be nice to see another circuit in the Americas? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we've talked about this last week, but I really want to go to Laguna Seca. So it'd be nice to see that track come back, but or not come back. Has it been in the calendar before? I or don't think it, it's been an no, F1 right? race before, no. no. Right, yeah. Okay. We mentioned it returned for IndyCar. Yeah. And, and a lot of sports car racing is done there. I think it's a tremendous track. Oh, for sure. California has a lot of great tracks. Yeah. Um, and this is the argument here, right? I think we've made this argument before that there's a ton of great F1 tracks if we're just focusing on the U.S. Yeah. That already exist that are designated racing circuits. I mean, we have Sonoma, for example. Yeah. 
Mid-Ohio, that's a great track. Watkins Glen, which F1 has raced her at uh, you know, many moons ago. So they've got tracks in the infrastructure that's there, but obviously Miami, like you mentioned, massive city. It's a big yeah. party city. Tons of money that to, to be made in Miami. Yeah. In Ohio, for example, or you know, Watkins Glen, which I believe is in the New York State area. Mm-hmm. You know, not not as uh how should we say glamorous. No, it's it's in one of the Midwest states. So it's a very, you know, open kind of area for the US. So it'd be a great place to hold the track, you know. Do it very old school and NASCAR like and have it in like the desert or something like <laughs> yeah. that. That'd be cool to see. <laughs> well, yeah, NASCAR does a ton of those where it's yeah. just in the middle of nowhere. And Circuit of the Americas is a little bit similar because obviously it was built not too long ago. So it is kind of in the outskirts of Austin yeah. in the middle of area. But I mean, they've done races in downtown Long Beach, Phoenix. They had the car park race in Las Vegas. Yeah. So yeah, but it's definitely interesting. I think that for us, because we live in this area, we only have one. If you count Mexico, we only have two races in the North American continent. Mexico is a pretty long way away. And Austin, Texas is a little for us too. Three, Canada, Mexico. Oh, sorry. Well, yes. I meant in addition to oh, Canada. Okay. Yeah, okay. So three okay. in total. Sorry, Correct. Sorry. Yes, yes. Um, but in terms for us of, of races to actually be able to go to, it's really, really Montreal or not. Yeah. You know, I mean, the next closest would, I wouldn't even be Brazil, like South America. I think probably going to London would be closer to for us. Probably would be cheaper. Yeah. I think that, that would, and you know, have to go to a completely, you know, across the, uh, across the ocean and everything to get to it. So. It'd be, it'd be nice to see something more in North and South America in general. Yeah, I just don't know how much they're going to expand into it. Hearing the rumors that race schedule could bump up to as much as even 24, 25, there might wow. be room then, but I think we're getting a little bit crazy at that point. They're going to be racing like all year. I know. <laughs> like that's going to be like 12, 12 out of 12 of months, months of the year that they're going to be racing from what it sounds like if they do decide to do that. Or it's just, you know, a lot of more double headers. It definitely will be. And as fans, like we always mention, we love races and yeah. we love more races, but you have to put yourself in the shoes of the people that are working behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's a little too much, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you think of other sports, they have almost four to five months off. Uh, like soccer goes into break, you know, mid-May if you're counting Champions League and they're not back till mid-August. And then football, you could say the same thing. NBA, you know. Season's done in like April. Playoffs are still going on, so those those yep. players are getting a lot, a lot of breaks throughout. And yeah, they're playing eighty one, eighty two games out of the year. So I think there's a risk of having too much of a good good thing as well. And yeah. as we know with Formula One, it's different than other sports because yeah. they have to start building next year's car. Yeah, pretty much as the season starts for sure. So there really is no off time. I mean, because once the season's over, you're already pushing for the next season. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they, they might get one or two weeks that are actually off away from the factory, but it's it's constant nonstop. So, yeah. And then the other part of that, too, is is it's going to cost more money, mm-hmm. you know, less of an advantage for, for the smaller team. So it, it's all part of this whole 2020 discussion. That's actually the deadline will, will be reached by the time this episode comes out. So that'll be interesting yeah. uh, of what happens with that. Um, so getting back to this weekend in Austin, one of the interesting things that Haas F1 is doing, I think a lone bright spot for Haas nowadays is Kevin Magnuson and Roman Grosjean will be sampling a NASCAR Ford at the Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. So obviously the, the Haas partnership, uh, with Gene Haas, who obviously owns the NASCAR team along with, uh, Tony Stewart. So Tony Stewart will also be there and, uh, they're going to take, take a sample of, uh, of NASCAR driving down there. Nice. That should be fun. Yeah, like I said, it's not looking good for Haas heading into their home race. Just remember, don't go right. 
don't go right. <laughs> one way to I go. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. That's right. They only go left. Uh, there was a funny video at the uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed where they do the the hill climb and, and yeah. that little track. And the first corner or the first turn, I believe, is a right-hander. And they sent a NASCAR out and it crashed. And they're like, that's what happens when you throw a NASCAR out there when it's not a first no, left that's, turn. <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, one thing I didn't know, and this relates to Indy cars as well, is that the steering column is actually angled to the left. Oh, is it actually? Yeah. Huh. Because when, uh, when I played Project Cars for the first time, you can drive Indy cars on an oval. And then you go out of the pit lane and you keep the wheel straight, but the car goes this, but the car is leaning to the left. So you have to counter steer to the right to keep that car straight. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. I don't know the exact uh, technical explanation for it, but I believe the reason why is just to, to help the car go left because you're going left all the time. So to slightly angle it to the left makes well, sense. I guess you, your entire body is also going to be shaping this way the entire time too, right? So yeah. Kind of adjust it a little bit more. That's interesting. I did, I did not know that. Yeah, so uh, I'm interested to see how how the car, the NASCAR, will go around uh, around the track and how Kevin Magnuson and will will be able to drive it. He he seems pretty racy and he's tested some. Uh, he hasn't tested stock cars before, but he has done some sports car stuff before. So yeah. um, it's a good good uh, sponsor kind of event for Haas. And like I said, it'll probably be a good little way to cover up most likely what will be a tough weekend for them. Yeah, um, they've really been struggling. They've only got two points since the summer break. Which is they've had not an awful year. Yeah, yeah, not, a <laughs> not at all. So uh, tough, tough for the Haas boys, uh, in my opinion, heading to this race. Um, another interesting thing that I haven't really heard talked about too much, but I was reading this on Pirelli's website, is that the drivers will get to sample the 2020 Pirelli soft tires during FP1 and FP2 oh, that's only. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, but interesting. I haven't heard anything about it. I was just reading Pirelli's website, and it was thrown down at the bottom in additional notes. It kind of plays like an interesting factor into them going into qualifying in the race because they're not going to have that race data that they're going to be using their actual tires for. They're only going to get FP3 to try it out. Yeah, I believe it's optional, so I don't oh, think okay, that they okay. have to do it. But okay. I'm sure a couple teams or two, maybe some of the midfield teams will want to try yeah, it out, right? Yeah, want to try it out. Um, but yeah, I just found that, that that was interesting. I'm not sure if that they've done this before, but uh, it would probably help the teams developing the cars for next year. For sure, year. yeah. I mean, you get more of the driver's input into what the tires are going to be like rather than just you know getting a feel of the tire and getting, taking a look at it, you know? Yeah, and tires are a big topic this year too with getting them in the right window, and, and that was a big uh, challenge for Pirelli for, for 2020. And another thing relating to, to Pirelli in 2020 is the FIA, they're planning to scrap the Q2 start tire rule. Oh, so, okay, nice. Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with it, the qualifying, the top 10 qualifiers going into Q3 have to start the race on what they set the fastest time within Q2. Mm-hmm. And we saw this obviously as a disadvantage in Mexico for drivers like Carlos Sainz, for example, who... Carlos Sainz, for example, who started on the soft tire versus the runners ahead of him that were on the medium. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a good way to even out the field a little bit more, and it provides more strategic freedom. Hmm. We might see more one-stops. I'm not sure. Yeah, No, for sure. That'd be an interesting strategy going into uh, 2021 or 2020? 2020, so next okay, season. Yeah, yeah. Not official yet, but they seem that they're going to agree to to scrap the rule uh, for next season, which which is a good thing for, for me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. And the last thing before we get into the track stats and characteristics, obviously that Lewis Hamilton 
be able to clinch the title this uh, this yep. weekend. Only needs four points. Well, I think what did you say? He was uh, seventy four points. Seventy four points in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and then needed uh, needed seventy eight. So I don't know uh, the all the stipulations, but only needing four points over Valtteri, I think. Uh, I think, think Valtteri has to come in what like eighth or ninth place. No, sorry. Right? He can't come yes, lower than 8th eighth. Eighth or 8th place. Yeah. And then, because 8th is 2 points, ninth. No, sorry, 8th would be 3 points. Mm-hmm. So it would be uh, 7. Let me just check it here. Yeah, I can't remember either. That's the one thing I always forget is what the F1, like what they give out for uh, points. Yeah. But, I mean, essentially, Valtteri is going to have, Lewis is going to need to finish outside of the top 10 most likely for, for, sure. for Valtteri to be able to carry this on to Brazil, which is very unlikely. But um, let's just check exactly. You'll probably see the stipulations that are going to come out. I'm sure F1 will release a, a graphic like they did uh, last week. So you get one point for 10th, two points for 9th, and then four points for 8th. So Valtteri would need to finish 9th or lower in, in that case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or, yeah. and, then, and then Lewis Hamilton would also need to DNF or come lower than that for him to mess it up, right? Right, yeah. right. So Very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think unless there's some sort of mechanical failure, we'll see Lewis clinch his sixth world title. He's clinched uh, in 2015, did he, at the Circuit of the Americas, so I'm sure that Austin was probably uh, one of his preferable places to, to clinch the yeah. championship. Or it rains really hard. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, Austin's kind of uh, a bit tricky. We can do a, a weather update a little bit later, but we've seen some typhoon-type weather in Austin, um, and we've seen it also really hot, really sunny like it was last year, but we've also seen a lot of rained-out free practice sessions. So my the question is always uh, weather in Austin, Texas, which you're just looking at it right I now. I am just looking it up just to be sure. What do we got? I think it it's, looks like it might be sunny. It's still loading. I just got a quick glimpse of it here. Uh, so Sunday, it's partly cloudy. Partly cloudy, okay. But no, not a real threat of rain, it seems. No. No. Oh, there There's... you go. So, very unlikely now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's good that it stays dry, um, I think, just because I really like watching the cars and qualifying through the yeah. circuit. And, and as we get into talking about the track, as we mentioned off the top of the show, one of our favorite tracks as well and you get a characteristics of a number of different circuits, uh, Silverstone, Suzuka, with the S's um, in Suzuka, and obviously in Sector 3 in Silverstone as well, with the first sector here at the Circuit of the Americas. And it's got a good combination. You've yeah. got corners that require a lot of downforce, and then you've got some long straights that also require low drag and top speed. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting combination for, for the cars, for the drivers, and the engineers setting up the cars. So no threat of rain, so we don't have to worry about no. slippery track surfaces as well. We've seen track limits, of course, be a big topic of issue. The the Verstopper <laughs> made its debut here, I think, uh, last year with that big curb. Yes. That that stopped Max from uh, overtaking Kimi a couple of years ago. But I really like this track, and you have overtaking opportunities. Um, obviously, the, the two DRS zones, one on the main straight, and then one on the back straight between turn 11 and turn 12. So big opportunities for overtaking there. But if you're really brave, if the car is set up well, you could do some overtaking down into turn three as well. I probably wouldn't recommend trying to overtake in sector one in the S's, but <laughs> we saw last year Alonso crashed out after Lance Stroll hit him. So it's tight going through there yeah, in lap one. For sure. So I don't know if they're going to add a third DRS zone. I highly doubt it, um, but we've seen we've been wrong before. 
Mm-hmm. They've usually added it after we've recorded this stuff. But it's a challenging circuit for brakes, uh, for tires as well. Pirelli have ranged a tire stress around three, three out of five mm-hmm. um, is what they ranged it. And they're bringing the C2 tires, the C3s, and the C4s for this race. Um, the C2, the the white sidewall, it is a bit is a step harder than it was last year. Mm-hmm. I know Tyler hates when I bring that up because he has no idea what it means. Yeah, you know, like we're not really sure what it means that it's harder. I guess from a technical standpoint, that it would be more durable. But I just, yeah, I I, I, I honestly have no idea. I have no. <laughs> I just remember he was so bothered by it. <laughs> we brought it up a few times, and he's been quite bothered by it. But I do agree with them. Like, what does that even mean? Like, why can't you like? I liked the you know the soft, medium, hard, and then they what they had hyper soft. And what was the other one? Ultra soft. Ultra softs and ultra hards. Ultra. So, you know, I, 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 that was easy to understand. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I know it was seven different compounds, but when you went to a weekend, they only had three available. Yeah. So I've, I found it personally easier just to understand that way. Yeah, than for sure. C2 and C3. Um, and yeah, I think that being able to distinguish it too with the different colors on the white side well, yeah. too was, was nice. Um, but yeah, anyways... And speaking of the Ultrasoft, it was the the winning strategy last year. It was a one-stop from Kimi Raikkonen. And great memories of this race. For sure. For, for I think, all of the F1 fans. We remember Kimi winning his final F1 race last year. Mm-hmm. That was a great race. It was one and only one, right? Did he win another one last year? No, that was it. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Had the pole position in Monza, but uh, couldn't convert it. But yeah, great memories. Uh, I think I'll probably go back and watch that race from last yeah. year again. Great battles with Lewis Hamilton. Great banter in the cool-down room. <laughs> I wonder if he'll ask him the you same thing. You won the race, right? <laughs> you won the championship, right? <laughs> no. It's like, what? I didn't know. He's like, bro, you won. That was the only thing I had to win. <laughs> yeah. He finished third, uh, Hamilton did, right? Or I second? So. I think it was... Was it Verstappen in second? I think it might have been... It might have been Max in second. I don't remember. It. Yeah. A long time ago, anyways. But, uh, yeah, good stuff from, from Kimmy And... Uh, just going to take a look at the quick tire allocations. Slightly different from the top two teams here of Ferrari and Mercedes. Hamilton opting with two sets of the C2s, three of the C3s, and then eight sets of the Red Softs versus, let's say, Charles Leclerc, who went a little bit different than Hamilton. He went for only one set of the C2s, three sets of the C3s, and then nine sets of the Softs. So similar to Mexico, yeah. where Ferrari only ended up with one set of the harder tires. Um, you know, honestly, I'm thinking that the strategy will be similar to Mexico. It's interesting that Botas, Verstappen, and Albon are the only one that have decided to go with four sets of the mediums compared yeah. to every other driver. I'm wondering if they're maybe going to lean toward a two-stop. Yeah. Possibly. Um, try and go go piggyback with the soft. Um, we saw it last week in Mexico where Pirelli thought that a two-stop was going to be likely... And then drivers like Ricardo and Hamilton pulled out a one-stop that didn't look yeah. like it was going to be the race-winning strategy. Yeah. So I think we're probably going to have something similar in this race where drivers will be able to stretch to a one-stop just like Kimi did last year. Mm. And especially if that C2 is harder, one step harder than it was last year, they'll, they'll probably be able to make it work. Uh, barring any safety cars or anything like that. But I, I think that Pirelli have kind of gotten it a little bit wrong in the last couple of races in terms of you know, where yeah. the, the tire windows are supposed to be. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, like we said in our last podcast, the it's there's so many factors going into t- uh, t- uh, tire degradation, degradation that, you know, it's it's hard to, co- 
judge how many laps a tire is going to last or how long it's going to last. And, you know, with variables to the car, how we said it last week with, you know, um, the heat coming off the other cars are a little bit closer, right. to, uh, have less deg. So, yeah. And it can get a little bit difficult to follow at the circuit, especially when you look at sector two and sector three. Yeah. Um, not a lot of whole overtaking maneuver and the cars are very aerodynamically sensitive going through those sectors over there, um, and through the S's. So that'll be, that'll be a little bit difficult, but, uh, strategy always, always an interesting thing. We'll see if we get more of that Pirelli graphic on, mm-hmm. uh, on the tire, yeah. tire wear. I know they weren't happy with it, but uh, I think that the F1 broadcast, they want to show us as much info as we can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I personally like it. and I don't think it's been too inaccurate. It certainly helps. It helps to understand. If it's 100% as we're seeing it, then then sure. Yeah, yeah. And we see a lot of those like predicted gaps that are coming out, and it's all this new partnership with the Amazon Web Services bringing all that data. Mm-hmm. So it's good info for the fans out there, and especially... Now we're going to be in America, so you're going to get a crowd that's not so familiar with it. So yeah. the more info, the better, I think. Yeah, for sure. So getting into our predictions, and we usually get our predictions wrong. Um, and I'm nail it this time. You think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the optimism. <laughs> but no, seriously, we never really nail it. And I think you- Tyler's been right once in all of our podcasts. Yeah. So I'm not even going to predict the podium necessarily. I, I'm just going to give you my verdict on who I expect the favorites to be. Spice it up a little bit here. Okay. Maybe the viewers out there can let us know your comments for the top three in the podium. But I think that Ferrari will be strong here. For sure. I, I agree. And, and I think that Mercedes will be strong here as well. But I do think that Red Bull is the dark horse. Yeah. I, I really do. That Mexico was an okay weekend for them. And I think that their pace surprised everybody a little bit. And they weren't able to convert the pole pole position mm-hmm. and the and the race in itself but i think that they're going to head to the circuit of americas with a pretty good feeling and they've done really well here in the last couple of years with max verstappen yeah only problem being in those years is that verstappen has been out of position coming back from 18th to fourth and then 20th mm-hmm. to fifth so if he can get a good grid position qualify in the top three first or second row I think I'll have a really good shot at winning this race. For sure. So I'm going to put my chips into the Verstappen Red Bull basket. Okay. And and to say that he's going to win this race. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I do believe that Ferrari are going to be the favorites for pole position. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you're saying right now is exactly what I would have said as well. Perfect. (laughs) We did (laughs) not script that, by the way. (laughs) Because we were talking about earlier where I was saying this is going to be a Ferrari favorite track. And, you know, it comes down to the actual race. Ferrari really do suffer when, uh, not suffer, you know, they just, uh, they have a little bit of difficulty when it comes to the actual race and, and they do really well in qualifying and they do really well in qualifying where, you know, Red Bull kind of has the same situation where they'll get, they'll put in a really good performance and FB, uh, sorry, all of qualifying and all of practice. And then when it comes down to the actual race, they won't have it. So I'm kind of, I agree. I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to go with Max Verstappen on this one as well. I think after what's, after the summer break, he's kind of had a little bit of a difficulty. He's always had that pole position or been close to that pole position, just been taken away from him. So I think this, this would be a good race. And with the last three races of the year, he's got to put in those performances. Yeah, I think Ferrari will have a better chance if they're not on pole. Yeah. <laughs> just seems with their luck sure. in the last couple of races. If they get a 1 2, you definitely know they're not going to finish 1 2. <laughs> Most likely will end up finishing 2 4, 2 3, yeah. maybe. Um, 
but yeah, I uh, I hope that Red Bull's pace can be can be good at this track, and it does suit their car with the upgraded Honda power that they have. They won't lose as much on the straights in, mm-hmm. in qualifying and in the race as well. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping for for good things from Red Bull this week and from Alex Albon as well. For sure, coming off arguably his best race since coming to Red Bull and Mexico, so it, it would go well for him again for for that 2020 seat. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. No, I have nothing further to add. To <laughs> All right. I think that pretty much covers everything uh, that I had in my notes and everything that you need to know. It, there wasn't too much too much news since uh, since Mexico, and that's kind of Lance Stroll's birthday yesterday. That's about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Happy belated birthday to Lance Stroll, who turned, turned twenty-one. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he's getting old. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting to that zone. <laughs> What did he say? I think he said at the launch that he already had his uh, first gray hair. Oh, wow. Said something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> it's not the best interview, Lance's, but... No. <laughs> we, we were talking he about tries. that. He tries. <laughs> he tries, yeah. I'm hoping with age, he gets a little bit better. Um, I realized I never really featured him on that Netflix documentary that much either. No, they had that one episode where they talked about Lance Stroll. Or, sorry, not Lance Stroll. His Lawrence, dad, Lawrence yeah. Stroll. With Williams at, yeah. at Monaco, but no, there wasn't a, a design. I mean, I guess with with him being at Williams last year, there wasn't too much to talk about. Yeah, they mostly talked about the team itself, not more of the drivers for them. Right, and I don't know. I don't think that he was that much of an interesting story. Whereas the whole Esteban Ocon situation, right, was more intriguing. Yeah. Um, obviously, Daniel Ricciardo's a great character, so I think that they probably picked and choosed yeah. the right storylines. Yeah, I know for sure. So, well, we'll see what they do for this season because I think they've got a ton of stuff that they can cover. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping we get more episodes than last year. But yeah. I think they've got <clears throat> they've got a positive problem in the fact that they've got a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, but they're probably going to have to leave out some good stories here and there. Yeah, I, you know, they can probably leave out France <laughs> <laughs> and Spain. Yeah, how about the first eight races yeah, of the like, year? Let's just take all of that away. Let's just start from like Montreal. Yes. Yeah, that would be a perfect place to start. And Montreal at like lap 45 yeah, or whatever it was, right? That's a good starting point for what, you know, what would be what would be a good season from that point on. Yeah, agreed, <laughs> for sure. Um If you just want to talk about Mercedes for the first eight races, I mean, that's all you're going to get, really. You could. I don't think they gave access to Netflix though until about Germany, so probably not a whole lot yeah. of footage there, so but other than that, there wasn't too many exciting races like there was last year, the first eight races. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting how they cover that. But they might just skip over a lot of that and yeah. head to the the big news that was in Montreal and then all the great races after that. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. But that should about do it for us here in this uh, United States Grand Prix preview. Uh, let us know in the comments below who you think are the favorites heading into this week in Austin, Texas. What are some of the favorite things about this track to you uh, if you've ever been to this uh, race? Let us know in the comments below what your experience was like and why fans should attend this track. And before we go, I think we have to uh, send send everybody off with with the legend of the Circuit of the Americas. I'm hoping you have that. Do you have that clip ready? No, I don't. I was just going to do it. <laughs> I thought that's what we were going to do. Your, your impression is really good. <laughs> this guy, I mean, his is definitely better. Tell you what, we'll get the original and then you can send us off. Like you did in the in the power rankings in the last episode. Okay, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm pretty I, th- sure. I retweet. I think I uh, retweeted it uh, on our uh, profile page or something. It should be should be there. 
There he is. Last couple of laps, actually, he's pulled himself out of a bit of a potential threat from Daniel Ricciardo. Talking of which, the stewards have decided no further action. Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel. So, some of some great impressions there at Formula One cars. By the way, if you guys find the clip of the actual guy recording himself making the meow noises, can you please send it or post it in our comments? Because I really want to see it. Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't find it. I, I was That's the clip I was looking to find, and then I couldn't find it, and I gave up. Yeah. So. Oh, if you're out there, if you're watching. Yeah. Forward, we'll, forward us that clip. Yeah, we'll play it on our, our recap. We'll, we'll send it off with that. I just... <laughs> That was so funny. Every time I see it, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember seeing the guy's video and it just wasn't as funny as seeing it like yeah, there. Live, yeah. But oh, I hope he comes back for this race too. <laughs> Meow guy, you're amazing. You're, keep doing what you're doing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We appreciate everybody joining us again. We'll be back next week as usual to recap this race. We hope you can enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be an excellent sports weekend. We got a ton of great events going on. Mm-hmm. We got the big fights going on in New York for the UFC. Canelo Alvarez is fighting in Vegas. We've obviously got some football, I'm assuming. Yeah, Premier so I League don't action. know who's playing this weekend. Uh, but yes, we do. I, I don't need to check. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so you, you got a lot of options. And of course, this race, which should be should be a really entertaining one. So enjoy it, everybody. Have a good rest of the week and we'll see you soon. And happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs>